0: What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing? Pretty good, pretty good. That's awesome. Uh, Man, was worship not awesome this morning? Was it not awesome? That's not really what I was hoping to get out of that question. So let me ask that one more time. Thank you, worship. One of the worship leaders thought it was awesome, so that's good. One person. Uh, I thought worship was awesome. Y'all don't have to, but I'm gonna give y'all one more chance. Did y'all enjoy worship this morning? Okay, Okay. it's awesome. All right, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I'm just gonna jump right in. Week three. Where's the peace? I'm just jumping in. If you're a guest with us, though, very honored that you're here. Uh, saw some old friends that are in the house, and man, I'm just excited. But listen, we all came this morning with a different kind of thing going on in our heart. Shannon talked about this a minute ago. We all kind of came with a different little thing going on in our heart. Here's why. All right, it is December 21st. Okay, so you. It's getting close to Christmas. If you haven't started Christmas shopping yet, I just want your honesty this morning. God's watching you, so let's be honest. If you haven't started Christmas shopping, raise your hand. I know there's got praise the Lord, praise the Lord. That makes me really nervous, but I'm glad that you're honest this morning. If you have Christmas shop but you haven't wrapped your gifts, that should be a lot of people, I guess. That's wow. All right, so, shoot. So like that is beside the other stuff that you have is that stuff you know what I mean and then there's this that stuff doesn't bother me because here's how I wrap presents just, just keeping it real just telling you the truth you may get a bag if my wife has a bag that I can rebag because I don't re-gif I rebag. she gets a bag at school I use that bag I don't care if it's got someone else's name on it I can put the sticker over the sticker y'all know what I mean it doesn't matter but I'm not wrapping your present if I get you something and you get it wrapped for me I didn't do it I don't know if I've ever wrapped a present in my life so Leah is going to get either bags or I pay my sister, and I'm being serious, like, with a hug or something. So, like, like that's because that's worth more than money, right? So, um, like, but that doesn't stress me out, but here's what does stress me out. Here's what does stress me out is relationships during this time of year. And, like, up till this point, y'all might have been cool with the two messages dealing with relationships. It's early December. It's no big deal. It's mid-December. It's no big deal. It's here. Right. woo Like, right? there, said, like, whatever you do, you're going to see someone that you probably don't want to see in three or four days. Either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, there's somebody on the naughty list that you wish you didn't have to see. So I want you to look at the person closest to you and say, we're going to determine a relationship status today. Say it right now. We're going to determine a relationship status today. The person on the other side of you, I want you to look at them and say, I don't like you as much as the other person. Why don't uh, y'all, y'all didn't talk to them first. That's why we do it, all right? We're going to determine a relationship status today, and this is what I need y'all to understand, all right? Y'all came in here, y'all came in here with all kinds of different stuff on your plate. You came in here with 10 things that you got to do today, and you worked in church, and listen, for that I'm grateful. You came in here, and there's really not much to do, and you wish you had family and all the problems I'm dealing with, and I still am so grateful that you came in here. But there's so many different people in here, and this is what's crazy. Every one of you, look this way, every one of you will get something out of this message if y'all will lean in. Every one of you will get something out of this message like I got, what God taught me. Every one of you, if you'll lean in and listen to what this is, because here's the deal. I've got some things coming up, and some of y'all need to talk right now and say, come on. I've got some stuff coming up this week that I'm not looking forward to, and Wednesday's not one of them. I wish Tonight was the first of our 25 Christmas services because I can't wait for 2 and 4 p.m. on Wednesday that y'all are all going to bring a friend and we're going to run out of these t-shirts because it's amazing, right? Because we're going to give you one of these. Hallelujah. All right, that's good. That's good. I can't wait for that. That's not the issue. It's just other stuff that's heavy. It's hard. And it's because relationships this time of year, right, you just want to pull your hair out. And so last night I did. I mean, I got rid of half of it. So like, it's awful. It's hard. And it's because at the end of the day, you just can't control other people. No matter how much you want to try, you just can't. You know the one person that Mark can control? Y'all can say this out loud. Mark. It's crazy how that works. I look in the mirror, and I see this dude, and I'm like, phew, let's not look long. And then we walk out, and we do, I do my thing, and I'm so trying to make sure that everybody else does what I need them to do instead of me doing what I know I need to do. They're not going to change, Mark. Do your thing. When am I gonna get through my thick skull that my relationship stuff is a me problem, not a them problem? 90% of the time, and I know y'all got examples. Pastor Mark, hang on now. What about this? I realize there's exceptions to the rule, but for the most part, it's a me problem. It's how I deal with people when they do something to me. And then this is the thing that I find fascinating in the world, and this is free, but this is what I find fascinating in the world. We don't have a lot of teenagers in here. There's a couple. But we have, like, uh, people that used to be teenagers not too long ago that are still on social media. You just may have graduated from Facebook to Instagram or Snapchat or something else. But listen, and some of y'all don't even know what those two things are, all right, because you're still on Facebook only. But no matter if you're still on Facebook or if you're not or if you've ever had a Facebook, you've seen this relationship status, right? Have y'all seen it? Y'all, this is a good time to say yes and talk to me. Yes, we've all seen it. Okay. So relationship status. And so some of y'all are married and you've never even thought about putting yourself as married on relationship status because you don't care. I'm, I applaud you. That's good. All right. But we're, we're kind of on the same page. But I do want people to know that I'm married to my hot wife. But like, I, this is not going to change for me. I need y'all to know this. If y'all have ever seen teenagers, though, have you noticed? And this isn't all teenagers. So the couple that are in the room. I love y'all. I don't mean this about y'all, but goodness gracious. This used to be my favorite thing when I was teaching school. <laughs> because I would come in and say, "Up, oh, yep." I figured she was going to be changed today because it's Wednesday, not Tuesday. So that means she had to change since yesterday. And this is what it would be. Yesterday, I'm in a relationship. Right? And she'd come through and they'd be all excited. That was the best girl walk I could do. And then, <laughs> and then like three days later, they hadn't talked before ever and they're engaged on Facebook. And all of y'all that are not, that pay attention know what I'm talking about. I'm like, what, no! Stop doing stupid stuff, y'all are moving too fast. And I know you really aren't engaged, but y'all don't even need to be holding hands yet because y'all are gonna kill each other. And these are those relationships. This is free, but I'm adding it because I need to. These are those relationships, and I used to make fun of it so bad. I was such a bad teacher. This is the relationships. After class, I would just look at, and I mainly did it to our boys on the basketball team that were pitiful. But as soon as the bell would ring, go get your books and pee and use the bathroom, whatever you got to do, and get to class. This is what they would have to do or they were in trouble. Right? And they're right beside the other person's locker. And if there's five minutes to change class for four minutes and 58 seconds, they are with their significant other. That three days ago, you started a relationship on Facebook. And I'm like, what is wrong with you people? You're 14. I don't want to be that much with my wife. I need some space. I don't want to be at your locker after every single class. If we had classes, I'm going to another school because I need some personal mark space. But this is the part that frustrates me, like engaged and then married. And this is my thought was, Leah, let's just talk about this right now because I remember all of these things that I had to deal with. So, this is a conversation Leah and I had about two weeks ago. This is straight up. Leah, let's just call it what it is. We have a six year old daughter. Every man that has a daughter in this room, I need you to raise your hand as high as you can. All of y'all know what I'm fixing to say. Okay? If y'all don't say amen right now, I'm going to take my shoe off and throw it at you because all of y'all know what I mean. I said, let's lock her up in a closet. And dig a hole in the bottom, right? And make, like, we can make her a playground in the closet. We can do all this fun stuff. We can have her flat screen TV and a nice bathroom she can walk in. She can't leave that closet until she's 55 years old. When she's 30, she can go on a first date, but it's got to be in there, and I'm watching. Okay? Because that ain't happening. Because all this stuff, but it's complicated. And, then, they go, and it, then it changes, right? In an open relationship. I don't know what some of these mean. And I do know what they mean, but I'm weirded out by them. Like, widowed. Separated, divorced, in a civil union, in a domestic partnership, and there's that's the options just on Facebook. And it kind of defines everybody in here. I don't know that you have a significant other of the opposite sex necessarily, but this one defines all of us, doesn't it? As somehow, some way, if you have someone in your life that you have a relationship with and you don't say amen right now that it's complicated before god y'all are lying okay it's complicated thank you praise the lord we're all on the same page we're gonna go home y'all ready we're done just kidding but like seriously it's complicated isn't it it's hard and this is why this is why when it comes to relationships when it comes to relationships there's one thing that really defines what my relationship is and it's not it's not what i bring to the table It's not all of my great things. There's one thing that determines what my relationship is. And it's me. I'm the determining factor. It's me. It's my heart. It's my desires. It's me. If you walk away with one thing today, if you walk away with one thing, this is the statement that I hope that you'll leave with. Your internal desires, your why, your internal desires ultimately determine your relationship status. You're like, hang on a second, Pastor Mark. And I need y'all to get this. If you haven't paid attention up till now, get this. Hang on a second, Pastor Mark. I came to church this morning to kind of get God off my back. Because I felt like it was maybe I was doing my thing. You know what I'm saying? Like I was, I was trying to do my one hour a week that I need to give to God. Listen, I'm so glad that you're here. But that's, that's, that's the determining factor right now of your relationship. Is your desire is to get God off your back and not have a relationship with him. Your desire is to not kill your aunt this week when she's going to be a moron at your Christmas dinner, right? Because she's psycho. (laughs) Half of y'all have her. That's awesome. (laughs) And if that's your desire, you can't help the situation because all you want to do is not kill her. Because my internal why is ultimately what determines my what. Always, always, always. And when it comes to relationships personally, this is the answer. This is the answer. More importantly, when it comes to Jesus this is the answer, because I need y'all to get this. So many of us have come to this house or some place of worship, and we've said, you know what? That sounds awesome. I'll give Jesus a try, like riding a tricycle or taking off the training wheels for the first time. I'm going to give this Jesus thing a try. It sounds cool. I really don't want to go to hell. Internal desire, right? I don't want to go to hell. That sounds awful. It's really hot, and scary, and no one can talk to me, so I don't want to do that. And listen, if that's the reason you first did it, that's cool. Because it does suck much worse than we can describe. It's awful. But if that's the only thing that ever happened in a relationship with the king of kings, the God of the universe, never happened, then ultimately you want to get what's yours, don't you? And I want to get what's mine. Because listen, here's the deal. Today we're going to look at two different, two different groups of people. One is a person, and one is a group. In Scripture... And we're going to look at how they compare and contrast. And they're both equally royal in who they are. They're both great, great, high-ranking officials. And listen, we have to be honest with ourselves or we're not going to go any farther. Anyone that comes up to me, and I know people have introverted personalities, but anyone that comes up to me and says, you know what, Pastor Mark, I'm going to be serious, man. I don't want to be rich, and I don't want people to know my name. I just don't know what to do with you because you can't be real with yourself. Everyone somewhere inside their soul wishes their name was in lights and wishes to be known. That doesn't mean that you want to be a pastor. You don't have to, like, you can be a pastor and not be known at all. And you can screw things up and be known and not make a difference. Why? Because my internal desire is what determines my relationship status, and the ultimate relationship is Jesus. If all that I want is for this church to grow and for people to know my name on a social media website, then that determines where I am in my relationship with the Lord because I want for me. Y'all know what I mean? Okay. Y'all know what I mean? One more time. Y'all know what I mean? <laughs> and ultimately, that's all of us, and y'all aren't this but y'all are something. Y'all are sitting in a chair and you're something, you're somewhere, right? You want something somehow inside and what I want us to define today, what you said to your neighbor that you like more than the other one is we're going to determine our relationship status today. Here's how, here's how. What's inside? What's the why? Ultimately, we're going to answer the why by looking at two people or or one group and one person in the Bible. So if you have your Bibles, if you don't, I'm going to put it on the screen or they are right behind me. But we're going to look at Matthew chapter two. And we're going to look at a story that most of you will be familiar with, and it's the wise men, the magi, and Herod. Y'all heard of that? Everybody's heard of that. It's good. So here's who the magi were. I need to give you a little bit of background. Here's who the magi were: the wise men, the three kings. They were from uh, Persia. Persia was most likely Iran or Afghanistan, which is interesting with everything going on there right now, right? And the equivalent of where Jesus was to there would have been basically Dallas, Texas to here. So when you hear that they took a long journey, it's like Dallas isn't really that far until you realize they were walking through desert almost the entire way. And it does not look fun to me. I don't care if you have on sandals. You're like, they were wearing shoes. No, they had on sandals and it's hot. It's crap. You know what I mean? Like it's 120 so, I don't think sandals sounds good. Now, they probably had camels. woo 1,200-mile, 1,500-mile journey on a camel. Sign me up. That sounds fantastic, you know? Like, that's awesome. But here's the thing. These guys were extremely intelligent, and they were royal people. And so, just imagine whatever you do for a living, but there's one thing that if you could get it, if you could find out the truth of this one thing, it would change everything. It would change everything. Like, what came to my mind is... For the doctors or the healthcare people in the room, if you knew that there was a cure for cancer and you knew where to find it in Dallas because there was a certain star that was going to line up over a certain building and if you went to that building right when it lined up over, the cure for cancer was going to be there. I'm just saying, we'd probably go. Even if it took on foot, we'd probably sprint as fast as we could or get the camels because they're everywhere and we would take them right to Dallas. We would try to go. That is kind of what was happening. They had studied the constellations, the stars, their whole lives because they were the smartest, the best of the best. And they saw this, these, these three stars lining up, how they happened, and they realized that on this day, they would line up, and we need to go that way because on a certain time period, it's going to happen. And so at this time, Jesus was probably about two years old. And I just want you to picture this. The most royal, amazing men in all of Persia coming to see a Hebrew boy that was two years old that was a peasant, not royalty. It kind of is jacked up in the story. It's kind of weird. Now, for everybody that's heard the story before, there were three kings, maybe. There were three kings, maybe. We don't know. We know there were three gifts. I think there was significantly more than that. Based on the fact that it shook Herod up enough to want to cause a ruckus and have a meeting with them, I don't think there could have been three people. There could have just been three guys, and their entourage was so big that he was like, don't worry about the entourage, but get those three dudes in this room with me because I got to find out what's going on. But I want you guys, when we read this, to listen. You are either, check this out, you are either Herod the Great, who was unbelievable. This guy was called Herod the Great because Mark Antony in the Senate in Rome said this guy is not just a king, he's great. Like, he had so much clout. His name was known all over the world. He, he invented the aqueduct. The first time water was transported from one place to another, fresh water to places that didn't have it. It was amazing what this man accomplished. And everyone knew his name, but that was not enough. That was not enough. So you were either that, or you were these wise men that kind of go on a journey, and you're like, I really don't have the answer. This is really insane. I'm rich, and I'm Persian, and I'm going to see a Hebrew boy, and it makes no sense. But we're one or the other. What is your relationship status? Matthew chapter 2, verse 7 says, Then Herod summoned the wise men. So after these guys came into the city, and they had their huge entourage. By the way, in, in 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 modern day, Jerusalem is big. But back in the day, it's kind of the same city walls in the old city. And I can't imagine how hopping it must have been during this season, during this time that this was happening. For Herod to know that you were there, you did not have three people, I promise. Because Herod was Herod. He was the man. He had five palaces. So he was doing his thing in one of his palaces, hanging out. He didn't just be like, oh, there's three dudes. They're dressed a little bit different. Let's call them up. There was tens of thousands of people. They had an entourage. It was like Aladdin when he came in. Prince Ali, yes he is, he, Ali. Nobody? (laughs) Nobody remembers? It would have been something like that. All right? They summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. So this is basically what it was like. I'm Herod. Y'all are all the wise men. Hey, wise men. It would have been like, all right, listen, we know you've studied the stars forever. I need you to tell me when this has happened so I can kind of get a gauge on when this dude was born because I want him dead. Herod had one thing in mind. I want to go see that dude so I can kill him, because he's trying to take what's mine. They're calling this dude the king, but I'm the great king. I'm the one that everybody should bow down to. I want to know where he came from. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring him here. Bring him, excuse me, bring me word that I too may come worship him. But this is the crazy thing. I thought when I read this growing up, like Bethlehem was way far away. Like it was two days journey. It's much closer than my house from this place. Like it's Burns High School to here. I could see, I could see with my eyes when I was in Jerusalem up on the mountain, Bethlehem. That's how close it is. You can see it when you're up on the hills in Bethlehem, you could, or, or in Jerusalem, you can see Jerusalem from Bethlehem and Bethlehem to Jerusalem. It ain't far away. It's very close. This is what strikes me. When people want theirs, when I'm trying to get mine, I'm going to use whoever I got to use to get them. Y'all know people like that? They're going to use whoever they got to use. They're going to use whatever they got to use. It doesn't matter. If it hurts your feelings, I don't care. I just want to get to my end goal. I want to get what's mine. I want to get what's coming to me, and I don't care if I have to blow through people along the way. These are men of royalty, of value. He should have honored them because they were guests in his home, and he wanted one thing from them. I want you to bring me word of where that dude is so I can go kill him. This is what I think is amazing. You're five miles away. Go kill them yourself. Follow them there. I'm going to come with y'all. I don't think that, that three or 20, whoever however many there were, men of the Orient that were of great wealth and importance would have looked at Herod the Great and said, no, oh, man, they come with us. They would have been like, that's awesome, man. We're this close to where the star is. Hop aboard. We got an extra camel. Right? It's cool. Oh, no, no, he was too lazy for that. You do my work for me. It's not really that important, but I want him gone because I want for me. It's just interesting because our internal desire ultimately determines our relationship status. Verse 9. After listening to the king, they went on their way. So I just want y'all to picture this in your mind. If you're like me, you've jacked this story up your whole life because there's only three wise men. They all have a camel, right? And they all just kind of mosey in and it's not really that big of a deal. There's pomp and circumstance behind where these guys go. And they're, like, I just picture now, after I'm reading this and studying it, I just picture, like, they got the Maserati camels, right? They got, like, the Ferrari and the Maserati and then whatever y'all like this big, the big, nice trucks. They got everything nice that you can imagine because they're coming in and it is pimped out and it's amazing, right? And then I, I, I just picture hundreds of people in their entourage. And so can you imagine Bethlehem's much smaller? Can you imagine being in Bethlehem and being like, what in the world are these dudes doing? Like when y'all have, when the people in your neighborhood have a Christmas party, you know, and it's like too many people, and you start gossiping about them because you're like, I wonder what party they're having that we didn't get invited to. Right? That would have been everybody. they would have been like, for real? Mary and Joseph can't have us over for this Christmas party because we let them have bread last week. And they can't bring us over because like it would have just kind of weirded you out to be there. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the house where Jesus was, over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, this is so important. Y'all need to get this. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with great joy. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with great joy. I've sung songs with that in it. I've, I've said it before. But I don't think I really got the meaning till I... Till I was researching it a couple weeks ago. Rejoice with great joy is not um, what I did this morning in worship. Okay? It's not like that's awesome. Rejoice with great, great, with great joy is not when your favorite team scores a touchdown and for three seconds you high five and you put your hands up until your team fumbles the next play. Right? It's not that. It is an overwhelming sense that you have found what you've been looking for. It is the fact that you've driven into Dallas on your journey, and you know that that light is shining down on that building that you believe your life's work is ending at. It is, it is that joy that you have your baby for the first time for every parent in this room, and you hold that baby, and you're like, I cannot explain this joy until you hold your own human being that you created, and it's like, this is crazy because I made a person, and you made a person, and we made a person together. This is unbelievable, right? It's that kind of weird joy. And it's overwhelming, and you can't describe it to other people until they experience it for themselves. And that is the joy, by the way, that you find in salvation. That is the joy that you find when you trust the Lord Jesus as your Savior. But if you come to the table in a relationship status so that you get yours and you miss hell, you're never going to find this. But listen, for these men to show emotion was taboo. You could not do that. You couldn't. These men were royal, these men had people do everything for them. They did not show emotion, and so I imagine that their slaves and their servants and people behind them were like, oh my gosh, what must this be that we are coming to see? What must this really look like that we're coming to visit? This must be amazing. And they were overwhelmed with great joy. I just love picturing that, verse 11. And going into the house, so just picture this, I don't don't know how big the house was, but it had to be small, but going into the house, they saw the child, who was like two, like my little kid, imagine Haston being up here. And these great men of royalty from Persia, from, from, from the east. Huge men of, of, that were royal came in. And they fell down. This is huge. And they fell down and they worshipped him. And this is what it means to fall down and worship. It meant that they got on their knees. And great men never, ever, ever, ever. To Herod, they did not bow. They had an acknowledgment. They were respectful, they showed him honor, but they would never, never bow on their knees. But not only does it mean bow, it means to place your forehead on the ground. To completely, before God, acknowledge that that something is of worth or value much greater than I. It is the ultimate way that a man can show honor. And it never would happen for a man of royalty. Never. Never. A man would never do this if he was royal. Now, a peasant would before Herod, because that is what you're supposed to do. You are beneath me. I am the great Herod. But a man of royalty would never do this. And so, listen, to enter the room of a peasant, of of a child that was worthless in the world's eyes, this guy was nothing. Right now, Jesus, to the world, Jesus was just a carpenter's boy that was living in a makeshift apartment in Bethlehem. It was not a nice place. They would have walked in and they would have been not blown away by the circumstances, not blown away by the furniture. They would not have seen and gone, yes, this is where we expect the king to be. And they didn't care. They did not come in there with preconceived notions. They said, where the star is, we know, we believe that it will line up with the king. And this is not just any king, it's the king of kings. They came expecting God to show up. We come expecting God to do something for us. And that is the difference for me and the wise men. These men that were great, this is is the thing. They no longer cared what all their servants thought. They no longer cared that the world said, a great man cannot bow before a boy? What are you doing? And at Christmas time, we sing songs. Away in a manger, no crib for a bed. Silent night. We feel really good about ourselves because we go to a service. And we may even say a prayer one or two times during the week, but to shred every kind of worry and every kind of doubt and every kind of feeling and every kind of emotion that I want for me, myself, and I. And to just go before the king and say, God, I worship you above all. It doesn't matter how you worship. If you watch me worship, you would laugh because I cry every Sunday morning. Both services, I teared up just worshiping God. But in July of 1997, I stopped caring what people thought. Because before a group of students, the summer before my senior year in high school, I put my forehead on the ground on the 14th floor at Marshall University and wept. I made a puddle of tears on a floor like you're on right here. And up till that point, I would have never been seen doing something embarrassing. And at that moment, God God just did something crazy in my heart that if I could bottle it up, I would sell it because it would be worth more than gold and silver and any precious stone because it was grace. It was me realizing what I was and me realizing what God is and the fact that he rescued me and that I need to worship him, that I don't need him so that he saves me just from hell, but because he died for me while I was filthy and did not hold that against me. That he looks at me and he does not consider what my past is but only considers what i am in christ jesus and guys i'm just telling you, there's people all in here today and you're hurting there's people very far from god and there's people that you're more intimate with god than you've ever been but this is the, this is the bottom line the last verse says that the wise men left going a different way because they knew why herod wanted to come they knew herod wanted to kill him. And that is the truth. He ultimately wanted to kill him, but here's the deal. They came in and they brought him gold and they brought him frankincense and myrrh and they honored him. And those gifts were significant in meaning. But here's the most significant thing. Here's the most significant thing. My relationship with Jesus is only defined by my internal desire. When I met the king, did I meet the king so I get something from him? Did I meet the king of kings, Jesus because a friend told me that this is what I'm gonna do and maybe I should try this out? Or did I meet the king of kings, the God of the universe? Look this way, did I meet Jesus? Because I realized what I am, a filthy mess and realized that for some strange reason, the God of the universe made you and me to be his sons and daughters. No matter where I've been, like, is that not crazy? But this is how you know, okay? This is, this is what I'm gonna tell you for some of us, this is the difference. It is not that I'm standing up here. And it is not what I tweet, Facebook, Instagram, Candygram, it's not any of that stuff. It doesn't have anything to do with what I type. It doesn't have anything to do with what I say. It has to do with why. It's your, it's your internal desires that determines your relationship status. And if it's just so people think, man, he's doing a great job. Or if it's just to get recognition, I've missed the point of knowing Jesus. I've missed the point of having a relationship that is much sweeter than gold. This is what's interesting is Peter and and John were, were talking to people and they said, give us money, give us something. He said, silver and gold I don't have, but in the name of the Lord Jesus, stand up and walk. This is my message today. I cannot give you money. I can't pay your house off. But in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. It is time for some of you to throw off the old relationships and the crap that has all your life been It's it's defining you and it doesn't have to anymore. It's defining you. You look at yourself and you say, I'm worthless. No, you're not. Pastor Mark, you don't understand I'm depressed and I've struggled with this my whole life. There's one that is greater than even Jesus and it's the Holy Spirit inside of you and he's offered to you. But your relationship status is only determined by why. That is what we will find out is why, It's why. It has nothing to do with a magic prayer. It has nothing to do with walking an aisle. It has everything to do with this, Lord Jesus. It is not because of one thing. It is because of everything that I wanna know you. And I want you to change me and give me peace that I cannot have with any other self-help book or get out of jail free card. I want your peace. Then I want you to change me today. I want my relationship status changed because your internal desire determines your relationship status. Will you pray with me? I just want y'all to be real just for a couple seconds. Pastor Mark um, I know for sure man I had that moment I don't know when it was necessarily and that doesn't even matter I'm gonna be honest with you but if you know that this has happened I had a time in my life where I cared what everybody thought I cared what happened and there was that moment in my life where I just looked and said like those wise men I'm gonna bow my head and worship the king of kings not worrying about what everybody else thinks but realizing who he is and who i am and that he loves me and as a result i will love him if that's you and you know for sure you've trusted jesus christ as your savior you know your relationship status is son or daughter of the king because you've trusted him as savior i just want you to raise your hand as high as you can and say pastor Mark, that's me i am saved there's no doubt in my mind i'm a christian just keep them up for me i'm a christian there's no doubt in my mind there's only a couple people in here that didn't raise their hand, so this is what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to give you an opportunity right now just by slipping up your hand to say, dude, I want peace. The greatest gift that anyone can give you, including me, is a relationship with Jesus. This is all I want to know. I want my relationship status to change. I'm going to click the button right now and I'm going to change my relationship status from as complicated to in a relationship with the King of Kings. I want to trust Him as Savior. If that's you right now, If you want a relationship with God right now, I just want you to raise your hand and say, Pastor Mark, I want a relationship with God right now. Raise your hand as high as you can. Raise your hand as high as you can and say, Pastor Mark, that's me. God, it's our prayer that as we leave today, for all those of us that do have a relationship with you, but we feel so far from you, that we'll remember how amazing that joy was when we experienced our relationship with you. And that we won't let distractions and dinners and tough relationships with people and everything else going on keep us from the joy that we find in Jesus. God, wake us up to what you'll have us do. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Will you stand with us as we worship?